Welcome to the Thanks for Waiting podcast. I'm your host, Erin Lowry, a perpetual question asker, change enthusiast, wife, runner, mama, and eternal optimist. Together, we'll go deep into the mindsets and behaviors that will help you to recognize your potential and build the life you've always dreamed of. We'll frame or reframe our mindsets to see the world of opportunity directly in front of us. We'll share real-life tips and guidance toward building confidence and empowering ourselves and others so that instead of looking at life sorry that we're not yet where we want to be, we stare into the face of opportunity and say, thanks for waiting. I'm ready to dive in. Hello, welcome to episode one of the Thanks for Waiting podcast. Ah, I'm so excited to be here, to be joined by you, and to finally get this show out into the world. It's been, really it's been an idea, a twinkle in my eye, if you will, for a very long time. And I'm just so delighted to start creating content in this way. Uh, I am a huge fan of podcasts myself. You would definitely be able to categorize me as a power user of podcasts. So I'm just so honored to join the space here and have really open, candid, inspiring conversations in a longer form than maybe just Instagram stories. If you follow along on my Instagram, you know that I, I've i been guilty in the past once or twice of being a bit long-winded on stories. So this feels like a really appropriate natural segue. It would probably be helpful if I start with a quick introduction about myself. So, hi, I'm your host, Erin Lowry. I am many things. I'm a wife, a mom to a toddler, which is honestly many things in and of itself. I'm a marketer, I'm a coach, and maybe most pervasively, I am a question asker. I've always been this way. I was always the kid with my hand raised and with a question on a question on a question, And it's been that way ever since. So this format actually feels perfect as I will be interviewing lots of guests in upcoming episodes and we'll really get to put those question asking skills to work. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Yes, I know how lucky I am to get to call Colorado home, but I've been on the East Coast for the last 15 years or so. I've lived in Pittsburgh, in New York City, the greatest of all time, and we recently moved to Washington, D.C., And before I go any further, I do have to clarify that while D.C. is a phenomenal city, it's beautiful, the weather is great most of the time, and it's exactly where we are supposed to be right now for our family. So big love there. New York is the greatest city in the world. Full stop. I don't know why I felt that I needed to clarify that on this show in particular, but it seems like it will be a consistent theme. New York is a consistent theme to me. It helped really to create who I am. So you know, we'll probably end up talking about the best New York pizza at some point, whether I intend to or not. So it just felt important to say that. Okay, now that we've gotten it cleared up, I can move along. My journey to landing here in DC as a digital marketing professional and, I don't know, podcaster? Can I say that now? I like that. Uh, This journey has really been anything but linear. Um, I went to school for nursing. I worked as a personal trainer. I got a degree in psychology. I took a job in industrial hygiene sales. Ask me about that later. I bounced over to tech and I've grown a career in digital marketing and brand advertising 
And I'm a professional coach for women going through changes in their career and businesses and lives. And it might sound a bit schizophrenic, you could say that, but the common thread that led to each of these stepping stones is curiosity. I'm a super, super curious person. Really, like I said, I always was that kid in class, my hand up, sorry, not sorry. And the truth is I've always believed that if something could be learned, then I could take a stab at learning it. And it's not to say that I would be the best in the world at learning it or doing it and that I could learn every single thing. Certainly that's not true. Let's be honest, I can't carry a tune. So being a professional opera singer, not something I could learn. But ultimately, for the things that I have been interested in in my life, I've really always believed that there's something that I could learn about any one of them, Um, whether through my own devices and trying something out or leaning on the insights and impact of other people to help me to understand better based on their experiences. So here we are starting a podcast, this podcast, the Thanks for Waiting podcast. So I first want to explain the title of the show because it's a phrase that's very near and dear to my heart, to me, uh, and it feels really appropriate for the direction that this show will go. So I'll start with a story. When I was a young sales rep early in my career, I was almost always in rooms dominated by men. And I mean first dominated in number, meaning I was usually one of very few women if not the only woman in the room, and dominated in title. Men usually held the highest title or they were the the most senior in the room. And the truth is, I learned a lot from that. And one of the first things I remember picking up and noticing was that where I would typically have said something like, sorry, sorry to interrupt, I, I just have a quick question. The men never said sorry in that context. Instead, they said, thank you. Like, thanks so much for that explanation, Linda. I'd like to clarify that further. It's a really small nuance, right? Saying, sorry, I'd like to clarify. And thanks so much for that. I'd like to clarify. But it made a huge difference in the posture that the men assumed within the room. So I started to try that concept on for size. I was curious about how that would play out if... I, instead of apologizing, started thanking for participation and moving on. The title of this show, Thanks for Waiting, stems from that lesson. We're all on a journey toward finding our purpose or to becoming better versions of ourselves or growing our careers or our influence. And I think often we feel, certainly I know, I do, as if we're not as far along as we ought to be, that we haven't done as much as we think we should have, And we mentally put ourselves in this place of saying, sorry, self, I wish I was further along, but here I am. We're putting ourselves on the defense to ourselves. I know I've done that. I've done it time and time again. But as I've learned more as a professional and really just as a woman, I've learned that I far more likely, that was a terrible sentence that'll come out in editing, or maybe not because I don't know how to edit a podcast yet. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is I choose to approach life on the offense. So rather than apologizing for what I haven't done yet, being optimistic and forward thinking toward where I want to go and and where I plan to go. So saying, hey, life, thanks for waiting for me to be ready to take this next step. I'm ready now and I'm all in. 
And that is really the purpose of this show. It's to create a forum for and a community of women who are all doing their best to show up for themselves, for their families, for their teams, and generally for their lives a little bit better each day. It's for those of us who are trying to be just 1% better today than we were yesterday and 1% better tomorrow than we were today. I'm also personally really passionate about career growth. I mentioned before that I'm a professional coach, helping women to navigate changes in their careers and businesses. So that will definitely be a theme in this show moving forward. And it's not just sharing my own thoughts or tips on managing career and and growing as a professional. I'll also be hosting guests who have had their own unique experiences in those journeys, and they have incredible insights and inspiration to share. I'm so excited for the lineup that we have already of women who will be joining us. They have so many pieces of wisdom and nuggets to share with you. I also have a deep love and admiration for entrepreneurs, specifically women entrepreneurs, who are brave enough to put their own big ideas and talents out into the world. I have learned so much from other women women who have built something of their own. And maybe it, that's in the form of starting a business or a company and you know, sort of wearing that entrepreneur hat in the more traditional sense. But a lot of times, the people who have influenced me the most have been women who have been incredible leaders and operated within the context of a team or a business that they're growing or expanding as part of a larger organization, meaning they took it upon themselves to be an entrepreneur within the boundaries of building someone else's business and team. And that's really inspiring. There's so much to learn from that as well. So sometimes we'll focus on specific topics like how to start a lucrative side hustle or how to get a mentor. Other times, we'll take a little bit of a less formal approach and just have real and open conversations about just being human, about being women and moms and athletes and hobbyists and friends and so on and so on. So yes, I hope you'll always walk away with something to chew on after the episode. Maybe that's tactical advice for your business and your career pursuits. And maybe it's a story or a theme or a nugget that just hits you right at the heart of where you're at more generally in life. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of these important and life-giving conversations. You are important and I appreciate you. Thank you for showing up in your own life and for lifting others up with you as you rise. And in the spirit of giving you something tactical to walk away with, I thought that a great place to kick this show off would be with one of my favorite things to talk about, which is goal setting. More specifically, not just setting goals, but actually meeting and achieving them, because that's so much more fun to talk about than just setting arbitrary goals. Now, before I go any further, please let me be the first to say that I am both the biggest fan of and the greatest critic, uh, greatest critic of the concept of setting goals. While I do know the importance of outlining explicit jeesh, words are hard. While I know the importance of outlining explicitly where you want to be setting a goal, I also think it's essential to understand that even more important than the goals themselves are the systems you create to help you reach them. Okay? This is important. We will come back to this. A goal is only as impactful as the systems and milestones that support them. Let me give an example. As of this recording, it's the middle of February, so we're about a month and a half from the start of the new year, 
And if you're a New Year's resolution setter, like I am, statistics show that there is an 80% chance by this point in the year, you will have already fallen off of your resolution. 80% chance that two months into the year, you'll already have abandoned your resolution. Does that mean that your goal never really mattered to you? No. Does it mean you're just not up to the task of seeing it through? Of course not. What it probably means is that the systems in your life were not aligned to actually support the changes you needed to make in order to reach your goal. Now, I'm talking in the context of New Year's resolutions, partly because it's February, partly because I love a New Year's resolution, but the statistic is true whether your start date is January 1st or August 5th or any other day of the year. Most people fall off track of their goals within eight weeks of setting them. Many will fall off much sooner than that. Now, I personally have set and failed, quote unquote failed, at many a goal, but I've also been a really avid resolution setter since, gosh, I think 2013 at this point, and so I have a lot of experience in it, and overall, I have a pretty strong track record, I would say, of reaching or achieving my goals or at least making some pretty strong traction toward them. So I want to share the three tips that help to set me up for success in setting goals. So these are the pattern that I will always follow in pursuing my goals to give me the best possible shot at achieving them. Because no, I am not especially disciplined or categorically more likely to achieve anything than anyone else. I have just figured out a few tricks along the way that create a much more likely path for my goals to pan out in the direction that I want them to go. So the very first thing to keep in mind when setting goals is number one, keep it realistic. I mean this in both the scope of the goal itself and in the number of things you're working toward at the same time. So what I mean is you don't want to spread yourself too thin by going after a bunch of things all at the same time. For example, most people will come, most people being myself, (laughs) maybe you can relate. Most people will come off of the holidays feeling physically and financially uh, unwell, if you will, right? Not at our best. That is me. Come January 1st. I always joke with my husband that I just did not treat my body like a temple for the last month. Maybe you're the same. Maybe you took advantage of too many Black Friday sales or you splurged on food or booze or treats or shoes or whatever else leaves you feeling depleted at the end of the holidays. And you, like I, may feel inspired to start a diet or save money or start exercising and just generally all around improve your life all at once. And this is totally understandable. This is this reaction to feeling depleted is very much a human reaction. But let me offer this advice. Think in terms of the percent of change. What I mean is try to keep the overall changes in your life at or below 10% in total. Okay, think of it this way. If you set a goal to read for an hour every day and work out for an hour every day, and cook five dinners a week at home, and get your side hustle off the ground, and get promoted at work all at the same time, you're overcommitting both your time, think of it, you're committing an hour to reading, an hour to working out, at least an hour for meal prepping, an hour for your side, all these things. So you're overcommitting your time, and your attention is being fractured because all of these things are in play, and each of them is likely to suffer because you're trying to change like 70% of your life. 
So the very first thing you need to do is prioritize your goals and focus only on the very tippy top 10% of what you want to go after. Keep in mind, it is always better to go an inch wide, but a mile deep on your goals rather than a mile wide, but only an inch deep. Okay. So step number one, keep your goals realistic. Second most important thing in setting your goals up for success is to distill your goals into milestones. I like three, three milestones by which you will achieve it. So this goes to the most fundamental part of creating sustained success, which I touched on briefly earlier. It's that you have to address the systems that will support your goal and outline the actions that will get you from point A to point Z. So let me give an example. Let's say your goal is to save $5,000 for your next vacation. You'll need to create systems of managing your finances that are going to help you to reach that desired number. Because unfortunately, as we found out to be true, money doesn't grow on trees. Okay, so your first milestone may be to address your saving habits. All right, so let's use the 10% rule here. Maybe you begin by committing 10% of each paycheck toward that vacation fund. Great. One very manageable milestone that you can implement right away. Okay, second milestone toward that goal of saving $5,000 toward your vacation. Second milestone may be related to your spending habits. So this could look different for everyone, certainly. And I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not here to tell you how to create a budget or what you should or shouldn't be spending money on. But maybe a good place to start is evaluating the passive ways that you're spending money each month. So Do you really need all five streaming service subscriptions? Maybe not. So maybe milestone two is auditing your spending habits and decluttering your expenses. I would be willing to bet, I've done this myself, done this audit, you can save 30, 50 bucks a month just by canceling unneeded subscriptions. So that's milestone number two. Toward your goal, saving money, we're addressing our spending habits. Maybe milestone three is addressing your overall income. So this could look like taking on more hours at work or starting a gig-based side hustle just to increase the overall amount of money that you're bringing in. Now, one caveat I want to call out here is that for this specific example, we don't want your milestone to become something that overshadows your overall goal. So be careful of that. In this example, if you don't already have a side hustle or a way of increasing your income right away we don't want the idea of launching a side hustle to become bigger than your goal of saving five thousand dollars so think about it creatively and maybe adjust that milestone so that it's not becoming more important than your overall goal of saving five thousand dollars okay here we go so you're bringing in more money you're addressing your spending habits you're addressing your saving habits all of this work comes together in overall tip number three. So tip number one, keep it realistic. Tip number two, set milestones that ladder up to your overall goal. And tip number three, it's, to be honest, what has made all of the difference in my success rate at setting and meeting my goals. And it's as simple as this. You must, you must set regular check-ins with yourself to touch base with where you're at against your goal so far. What this looks like for me is that let's say I'm setting my goal on January 1st. I set a check-in on my calendar, a physical calendar hold for April 1st, July 1st, and October 1st, 
with an attachment that outlines my goal and the milestones associated. So that means that once per quarter, I'm coming back to my goal to see where I'm at and taking note. Have I fallen off of my commitment to myself altogether? Did I say that I was going to do something and I have not done what I was going to do toward those milestones? Am I overachieving against my timeline? So I said that I wanted to complete something within the first half of the year. Look at me, I'm already done with it by the first quarter. So do I need to right size my milestones and my timeline accordingly? Are the milestones that I outlined still the right ones to get me to my desired result? So this is a good opportunity to figure out if the daily practices, weekly practices, are the right ones still getting me toward my overall goal. So, so often I hear people say that "Mm, the goal was just no longer a priority or it's not really what I want right now. And definitely this can sometimes be true. I will be the first to say that when I had a kid, all of the goals that I thought I had outlined for that year took a backseat for a little while. So that can happen. But I'm going to just broadly call BS on this because most of the time, it's not that the goal isn't still important. Come on, saving money, always important. Getting healthy, always important. Your dream to start that side hustle that you've been thinking about for years and years, it ain't going away, honey. More likely, it's the milestones that need to be adjusted. And that's totally okay. Every day, every week, every month can bring unexpected changes and brings new information that you should use to evaluate your milestones against the most up-to-date information that you have about where your life is at. This is why it's super important to keep those goals Uh, excuse me, the check-ins sessions at a regular cadence so that you're always giving yourself the opportunity to reevaluate based on what the most updated version of your life looks like. Of course, it's super important to be honest with yourself. Only make the changes that are necessary based on the circumstances of your life at that moment, not just changes that are convenient. Okay, so this is not just saying, well, I had set a goal for myself to run 15 miles each week, and I just don't feel like running that often, so maybe I should knock it down to 10 miles a week. If your goal of 15 miles a week is still important, this is your opportunity to figure out how you can make those milestones of writing out the time, place, and distance that you're going to run each week so that you're meeting that goal. It's not just about sort of moving the goal or the milestone altogether, but having these regular check-ins are so important to helping you keep your focus over the long term so that we don't reach that eight-week or six-week fatigue. When I started implementing this practice in my own goal setting, my quote-unquote success rate or my achievement toward goals went way up because I wasn't allowing myself to just conveniently sort of forget that I had made this goal or to get distracted from the bigger picture and get too caught up in the details and sort of lost in the day-to-day and losing sight of what holistically I was working toward. Now, of course, I will say the timeline for when you should check in can and certainly should be adjusted depending on what your end goal is. I would say the longest you should go between check-ins is a quarter or three months, but keep in mind that many, many goals should probably have a much more regular check-in. So let's say you want to monetize your blog You would probably want to set weekly check-ins to ensure that you're creating content regularly or 
getting your website optimized to support additional traffic and advertising revenue. So something like that would shorten your timelines a little bit. So that's also something that a check-in, after your first check-in, you can sort of right-size, but just know that three months is probably the longest you would want to go in checking in against your goals. Another example might be if you're really working toward a promotion at work, you don't want to wait once a quarter to talk with your boss about how you can be setting up outlines and activities that would help you to earn that next promotion it's probably something you'd want to talk about on a more regular cadence maybe every month or every two weeks depending on the relationship there and what you're actually working toward so to tie it all together the three ingredients that you need for setting your goals up for success are number one be realistic with the goals that you set only endeavor to change up to about 10 percent of your life at once and focus on going an inch wide and a mile deep. Number two, create milestones that outline the actions for getting you from point A to point Z. I've found personally that three milestones is a pretty universally applicable number, but depending on the goal, this could vary a bit. If your goal is, let's say, to publish a book, you might have to set more milestones related to actually writing the book, working with a publisher, working with an agent, things like that. But generally speaking, starting with three is a good sort of baseline to go with. And then lastly, you need to create and honor, create and honor regular check-ins to ensure that you're staying accountable to your milestones and to give yourself the opportunity to use the most up-to-date information from your life to inform the milestones that you've set for yourself. I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to continue to grow this community with you. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it with your communities on social media, wherever you engage with your social networks, tag me. And if you're really generous, please leave a review telling me what you liked or what you'd like to cover in upcoming episodes. Thank you again and see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Thanks for Waiting podcast. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And I would be so appreciative if you would leave a review and let other listeners know what you loved. You can also follow along with my daily happenings on Instagram at erin.france or check out my website erinlowry.com forward slash podcast. Be well, do good.